Thank you, choir. Jesus paid it all. It's so wonderful to be back here at San Marino Community Church. I had the chance to offer your family camp several years ago, and I recognize many of the faces here. And I've also spoken here in this pulpit many times. My grandma is, of course, a member of this church, and she is here today. She will be turning 97 this month. And, of course, my brother James is here on staff. It's like Baird's in stereo this morning. It's great to see Jamie. I want to talk quickly about what I want to reflect on this morning before we look at the text. And I also quickly want to say how much I respect Jeff O'Grady, your senior pastor. He's not only a teacher, a preacher, and just a friend, but you may not know he's also a matchmaker. So I was a student at Princeton Seminary on his admissions staff. I was the one who got a chance to meet the incoming students before they came into the seminary, and Jeff said, you may not date any of the incoming students, but once they're students, you're okay. So I did begin to date this wonderful girl named Star, who became my wife, and I'll never forget, a couple of years later, I was having coffee with Jeff, and I said, I'm thinking of proposing to a girl, and I just need your advice, and he said, well, who? I said, Star Haley, and he said, Graham, are you crazy? She's the most incredible person that's ever come through Princeton Seminary. Of course you should. So I married Star, and thanks to Jeff O'Grady, that happened. The text this morning is a complex text. I know you've been looking at the Old Testament prophets of Micah and Jeremiah and Isaiah in your lectionary. Today, what I want to talk about is how God gives all people gifts, all people, not just the people in this room, not just the people at the church down the road, but the people at Starbucks, the people at your work. God gives all people gifts. And these gifts fall into three basic categories. And at the end of today's message, I'm going to ask you which main category of gifts you have. There are the gifts of prophecy. And prophecy is the gift of understanding exactly what's happening at a given moment. The gift of understanding the present. And then there is the gift of dreaming. That's the gift of understanding the things that have happened before. And then there's the gift of visioning. That's the gift of knowing what's happening in the future. I want to talk about how all people have these gifts. One third of this room are prophets. One-third of the room are dreamers. One-third of this room are visionaries. And I want you to think which of those three categories you fit in. First, let's look at our text. We're looking at the prophet Joel. We're looking at chapter 2, and we're going to begin with verse 23. Listen for God's word. Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you autumn rains because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and new oil. I will repay 
you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts, the young locusts, the other locusts, the locusts in the swarm, my great army that I sent among you. You will have plenty to eat until you are full, and you will praise the name of the Lord your God, who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel, and I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. And here's the focus for the morning. And afterward, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for this ancient text, these words coming from a prophet from a long time ago. But today, Lord, we come with our own needs. Each of us has a need in our hearts that only you can fill. And so, Lord, I ask that you would use these humble words of mine to not just be preacher's words, but they would be Holy Spirit words for the filling of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to begin with a question, and just if you could just by show of hands, tell me how many of you are really looking forward to the election on November the 8th, just 16 days from now? How many of you can't wait to walk into that polling booth and just vote for one of the two candidates? If you're listening online, there are only two hands raised in this room right now. I think we can all relate to the, the obituary that was written in the Richmond Times just the other day. True obituary. Faced with the prospect of voting for either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, Mary Ann Noland of Richmond chose instead to pass into the eternal love of God on Sunday, May 15, 2016, at the age of 68. It isn't just the two candidates and the rancor and the vituperation, it's the division that's happened in this country between people who ordinarily get along so well. I was watching the debate this last Wednesday, and afterwards they had some analysis. They had a historian, and they had an economist, and they had an entrepreneur, and they asked each of them about what's wrong with things, and the, the, the historian said, the problem is we're not doing things the way we used to in this country. He was the prophet. And the economist said, no, the problem is you don't understand the numbers that are happening in the day here and now. <laughs> he was the dreamer. And the entrepreneur said, no, you don't understand the things that are happening in the future. That's the visionary. My eight-year-old daughter turned to me and said, Daddy, which one of these is right? I said, you know, they all are. They're just looking at life from different perspectives. They have different gifts. This last Tuesday, we had a session meeting at the church that I serve in Santa Barbara. It was one of those knockdown, blow-out, drag-out kinds of meetings. We just got a major gift to the church that I'm serving there. And by the way, I know this is stewardship season, and if that's something that God is calling you to do, I encourage you to think about. But we had a major gift, and there were three groups of people. 
There were those who thought we should spend all the money on refurbishing our library. We need books, more books. And these, of course, were the dreamers looking back. And then there were those who wanted a new playground for the church. We need, our community is growing, we need a great playground. Those are the prophets. And then those in the room wanted solar paneling for the church. And they said we should spend all of our money on solar paneling. And those, of course, were the visionaries. And then they turned to me afterwards and they said, which one of us is right, pastor? I hate it when they do that. I said, you all are. You're just people with different gifts. The prophet that we're looking at today is one of the texts that we know almost nothing about. We don't know when it was written. Some scholars think 1600 BC, some think 600 BC. We don't know why it was written. The only thing we know is the name Joel, which by the way, it is Joel, not Joel. Maybe Joel Osteen, but it's Joel. Over the lunch buffet today, tell your friends, it's Joel. And it means Yahweh is God. But we do know this, things aren't going well for the Israelites. They've had famine, they've had pestilence, they've had terrible years. And through this prophet, Joel, God is saying that God will take care of the day-to-day. God will bring food and wine and water. God will take care of the to-do list. Do you have a to-do list? You give to God every single night and you wonder whether anything or anyone is listening. God will take care of the to-do list. But then God says, I'm not just going to take care of the to-dos. I'm going to give you three God gifts. The first is the gift, as I've said, of prophecy. Now, what is prophecy? I think if we ask the average person here in San Marino, they would say, well, it's kind of one of those crackpots who talk about the future and the end of the world. I had a man come into my office several years ago, and he said, Pastor, I have a prophecy for you. I thought to myself, oh, here it comes. He said, yeah, you don't want to hear this one. You're going to have seven years of bad luck. You're going to be sick. The church is going down to China. You're in deep, deep trouble. I said, well, thank you so much for telling me. A month later, he came into my office, true story, and said, oh, by the way, that prophecy I gave you is meant for someone else. Sorry. (laughs) But that isn't actually what the prophets were. You've been studying this last few weeks, the prophets. The prophets were good at analyzing the present. Jeremiah, Isaiah, they knew exactly what was happening in the here and the now. The Hebrew word for prophet literally means understanding divine truths. So I want to ask you, are you a prophet? My wife, Star, is a prophet. She knows exactly what's happening all the time, and I just hate it. I I came home from work the other day, and I said, uh, hey, how's it going? She said, fine. She said, what's wrong? I said, nothing. I had a good day. She said, no, you didn't. I can tell you had a bad day. No, no, I had a good day. I had a good day. She said, tell me what's wrong. Okay. (laughs) She was right. (laughs) I did have a bad day. She's a prophet. My mom's a prophet. She, uh, She has this ability to know exactly what's going on. My dad, who is a pastor for many years, had many people in the church, both challenging and wonderful blessings, but a few challenges, and he would come home and say, you know, I just met the most wonderful person in the world, my mom would say, uh, don't trust him. 
She was right. She's a prophet. Maybe you have that gift. We just had a conversation with the contemporary group before worship today. And the people who were prophets in that room said, you know, it's hard to be a prophet, to know exactly what's happening in my business, in my stock firm, in my law firm, in my medical office, and no one else does, and no one will listen to me. The second group are the dreamers. These are people who look back. They look to the past. They, they're good at understanding what has happened many years before. You know, most pastors are dreamers. What do we do every week? But we look back to these texts and we figure out what God was saying back then to speak to the here and the now. Ron White, who attends this church now and then, the great biographer, he's a dreamer. He thinks back to what's happened before. And then, of course, there are the visionaries. There are those who are inventors, who are good at understanding exactly where the world is going. They're the Elon Musks of the world, you know, the CEO and the founder of Tesla. The other day, Elon Musk said this. He gave a speech and he said he predicted that by the year 2060 that it would be possible for a million humans to live on the planet Mars. He said we'd ultimately have upward of a thousand or more spaceships waiting in orbit, and so Mars' colonial fleet would depart en masse. When Elon Musk sat down, everybody's jaw was gaped. Is he crazy? A lot of people think that visionaries are crazy. They're not. They're always looking to the future. I was talking to a visionary in this room who has invented a water system that is so much cheaper than other water systems. He said, if every home in America had this, it would be a better place. Maybe you're a visionary. And by the way, different, different professions tend to focus on different things. The prophets tend to be therapists. A therapist knows exactly what's happening. Stockbrokers, scientists, weathermen, if you're a good weatherman. Journalists, policemen, crime scene investigators, prophets. Dreamers tend to be academics. Again, pastors, historians, geologists, paleontologists. And visionaries, again, tend to be investors, stockbrokers, could be politicians, although they say that the problem with today's politicians is we have no visionaries who are telling us what's going to happen out then. So now, if I was doing your family camp right now, we would just take a 30-minute break, and you would turn to your neighbor, and you would just say what you think you are, a prophet, a visionary, a dreamer, and, and we would just have a breakout session and have lunch. But we're not. It's a message. So today, what I want to do is I want to just offer one point, and just offer it humbly today. I've been a pastor for 20 years. My family have been in the ministry for a hundred years, four generations. And as I prayed about it, and I prayed about the controversies in the church today, and I wondered what is happening with Christianity, and maybe you have too, I feel God has laid on my heart what, what really the problem with the church today is. It's that we have so many dreamers, people good at understanding what's going on in the past, but we have almost no prophets and no visionaries. And the church future has to do with lifting up visionaries and prophets. Now again, God needs all three. But for whatever reason, we have an overabundance of, of dreamers. 
Several years ago, I had a chance to listen to the great Peter Gomes, who is the pastor of Memorial Chapel at Harvard University. He was at the University of Michigan, and somebody asked him afterwards, Dr. Gomes, can you just say, you know, whether or not all the problems in the world will be taken care of by the church? I'll never forget, Gomes said, the church will never take care of the problems of the world. The church is not the engine of the train, the church is the caboose. I don't know that Dr. Gomes is completely correct, because if we can lift up the visionaries, if we can lift up the prophets, it'll be a different day. My brother, as you know, James, has been on staff here for many years, and uh, if you had to pick one gift set that you would maybe say that Jamie has, you can call him Jamie, that's what I call him, if you had one, what would you say that James is? Anyone? He's a visionary. We had a chance to be on staff together at a church up Highlands Church in Paso Robles. And I don't know if you've heard anything about Paso Robles or Highlands Church, but Jamie and I were both on staff together. We used to say that brothers were a biblical model, but then we remembered, you know, Jacob and Esau and several examples that didn't work so well. But, but you know, one of the successes, one of the reasons Highlands went from zero to 2,000 attendees in just six years, and people have asked us why, we stacked that church full of prophets and visionaries. And we had almost no dreamers. I mean, it was like kindling in the great. We would come to a staff meeting every day and we would say, okay, what are we going to do? We don't have any space for vacation Bible school. And someone would raise their hand and say, let's go up to the park at the corner and let's do NFL flag football camp and let's invite all the neighborhood. And we had 300 kids who came to play football and then to hear about the Bible afterwards. And then we had another group. We didn't have any great sanctuary to have worship like this incredible place. And so we said, what are we going to do? And they said, let's rent out the Passarobles Inn at Christmas. We'll have Christmas at the inn. And 700, 1,000 people came out on that night. And we didn't have any place to have a Bible study like your incredible church. And so we would go down to the corner and we'd go to a pizza restaurant and we'd have people at the bar listening with a beer to the book of Joel and other books in the Bible. And, you know, I got to say, James was the greatest visionary. He would come up with like 20 ideas every single morning. And then the next day it was another 20. And, you know, you only need one. But, you know, I knew when it was time for me to leave that church. I knew when it was time for me to maybe think about some other place to serve. We had a congregational meeting like this one one day, and uh, we said, what are we going to do? We've got a big problem. And a guy at the back raised his hand and said, you know, we can't do it that way. And I said, well, why not? And he said, because we've never done it that way before. So I just have a quick message today. The first is God gives gifts to all people. God pours out these gifts. My favorite part of worship today was when baby Reagan was up here and was baptized. And we saw the water being poured out upon baby Reagan's head. God pours out these gifts on all people. The better translation here is not pour out, but emptied out. It's like a fuel injector emptying gasoline onto an engine and just going full throttle. The Holy Spirit does this, not just Presbyterians, 
Christians, not just wealthy people, poor people, African Americans, Asian Americans, people who have no idea who God is. There are people in your workplace today who have these gifts who don't know about them. Maybe this week you could say, you know, you are a prophet. God pours out gifts on all people. You know who God pours out gifts most on, I think, sometimes is children. You know who the greatest prophets are? It's kids. I have a four-year-old daughter, Sheena, who she's, you know, four going on 40. She's definitely the next preacher in the family. But I was uh, busy the other day, and I said, "Um, Sheena, I got to go. And she said, no, I want you to watch this movie with me. And I said, no, I got to do some work. But also, I'd already seen that 40 times before. And and she said, but I'm going to be all by myself. And, And I said, no, you won't. God will be with you. No, she said, Daddy, I want someone that I can see. The prophet. There's a little guy at the back door the other day who was standing as the pastor was shaking hands, and the little guy said, I'm gonna, Pastor, I'm going to give you all my money. And the pastor said, you don't have to do that. The stewardship campaign is for the adults. Why are you going to give me all your money? And the, the kid said, because my parents said that you're one of the poorest people he has ever met. Kids are prophets. The New Testament has all kinds of examples of fruits of the Spirit. Those are for Christ followers. There are, the, there are other gifts that God gives the disciples, but these gifts are for all people. The second thing is we need more prophets and more visionaries. The other day I had a chance to speak at San Francisco Seminary. It's a great seminary just up the way, and uh, I was asked to speak on entrepreneurialism and visioning in the church. I was very excited about this, but I was a little just sort of just pondering about the fact that only six or seven people came to this lecture. They'd done so much advertising. I asked afterwards, you know, do you think, you know, maybe me, I'm sorry, i probably not a big enough name on, on the billing. They said No. It has to do with the fact that people in the church today are afraid of the word entrepreneur. They're afraid of vision. We can't be afraid anymore. And there are people in this room who have ideas, who sit in committee meetings week in and week out, and they wonder if anyone's going to call on them, and they have so many great ideas. But the last thing I just want to leave with you today is that it isn't just the Holy Spirit who pours out that Jesus also pours out these gifts. And Jesus was the greatest prophet, the greatest visionary, and the greatest dreamer that ever lived. He knew exactly what was happening at a given moment. When Pilate was there and Jesus was being questioned at the end of his life, and Pilate said, so you're a king? And Jesus, knowing exactly what was happening, said, is that your idea or did someone else give that to you? And then on the cross, Jesus knew the Bible backwards and forwards. He knew the history, and so that's why the history was written on his heart, and he recited the book of Psalms. Forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. And he was a great visionary. As he was ascending into heaven, he said, go and make disciples of what? All people. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And behold, I am with you always, 
even into the future. So what are you? Are you a prophet, a dreamer, a visionary? The good news is God needs all three. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for pouring out these gifts on people who don't deserve it, on people such as us. Help us to live into the gifts you've given us so that we can serve you better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.